welcome. Thank you for joining us here at ICGC Caris Temple Podcast. Pastor Prince Nyako is the head pastor of ICGC Caris Temple, serving under the leadership of Dr. Mentor Otabel. Pastor Prince is a dynamic preacher of God's unadulterated word, characterized with a strong prophetic insight and prayer ministry. He is a strong advocate for discipline and order in the body of Christ, with messages centered on fasting, holiness, prayer, and integrity. And now, to today's message. Thank him, Lord. Thank him. Thank God for the opportunity to hear his word and be blessed and be informed. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your mercies. We thank you, Lord, for wisdom that is coming to us. Lord, we give you praise. We give you all the glory. Accept our worship. Accept our praise. Accept, Lord, our worship. We give you praise. Malado no mahantas. Shekianta tala maleka. Rapenia kolobra kabalala. Zeplendi kapalia katele mahaya. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you for utterance. Open up my spirit to be able to speak with clarity. In Jesus' name, amen. Please take your seat. So tonight, I'm going to start teaching on a certain important subject that will help us. A lot of us are marrying and all that. There's a lot of marriages going on. Today, this person. Tomorrow, this person. And we have to be well informed in order to make sure that we don't make certain avoidable mistakes. There are mistakes when it comes to marriage that you cannot do anything about. It will happen. Those ones, we call them unavoidable. We, we, we call them unavoidable or they are yeah, unavoidable. So, such teachings makes us prevent avoidable mistakes. Such teachings make us avoid mistakes that are avoidable. Are you here? I've, I've realized that most of the cases I hear or I deal with in terms of marriage, the problem is not the problem. The problem is the people that are involved in the marriage. So today I'm dealing with before you fall in love. Before you fall in love. Before I fall in love. I'll be teaching from a material I saw in 2008. And I made a lot of notes down which I think will bless you and help you before you fall in love. Tell somebody before you fall in love. 
Tell the person before you fall in love. Or have you fallen in love already? So falling in love is a very exciting feeling. It's a feeling where you feel belonged. It's a feeling where you have somebody you know likes you. And will be there for you. It's a feeling where you come to where you realize that, hey, somebody looked at you and said, I love you. There is that feeling. I don't know how to describe it. It's very sensational. It's a feeling that cannot be described. Who can describe it? It's difficult for you to describe when you are falling in love. It's a different feeling to fall in love and it's a different feeling or it's a different thing to decide on marriage, who to marry. You can fall in love many times, but deciding to marry will be a one-time event. Let me not jump the gun. Normally, you fall in love before you make a decision to marry. So normally, you have to fall in love and then you take a decision to marry. It's, it's very difficult to take a decision to marry when you've not fallen in love. But before you want to decide to fall in or to marry, to decide on who you have to marry, you have to commit time to prayer. You have to commit a period of studying each other. And you have to commit a period of counseling. And this period is what we call the time of falling in love, the time of dating, you call it, the time of going to make a choice of who you want to marry. So dating is, is having a friendship connection with anyone of the opposites when you have not made a commitment to marry the person. Immediately a commitment of marriage is made. You began cutting. Are you here? Should I repeat that? You can be very close to a guy. You can call it boyfriend, girlfriend. You're so close. But you are not cutting. You are only cutting. Cutting begins when there is a commitment. I, I, I want to marry you. I want us to be married couples. From that day, the relationship moved from being dating to courtship. But before you commit yourself to such a partner, you should have committed yourself to enough prayer. Enough studying of the person. And then enough counseling to help you make that decision. Now, let me give you a story. There's going to be stories here and there. So, Jones fell in love with Grace. The names are not exact. Jones fell in love with Grace and wedded her a few months after. Jones was a very popular person. 
though he came from an average home, he was quite popular. In, in his profession and in his career, he had gained some momentum. The innocent but very promising grace came from a well-to-do family. So the man is from quite an average home and the woman is from a very good family. He had cash. There was cash at home. They had a glorious social or society wedding. There was a big wedding. There was a very big wedding for the married couple. Three months after the wedding, Jones made it known to her that he was no longer interested in the marriage. A big wedding with a rich man's daughter. The man too was an averagely okay man. After three months, the man said he's not interested in the marriage again. He decided not to accuse Grace for anything. He just packed his bag and baggage and left the seemingly promising matrimonial home. Because the wedding was big, it, it, you know, wedding does not predict the outcome of a marriage. The, the glamour, the beauty, whatever you see in the wedding, it cannot be a premise upon which you can predict that, oh, this marriage God is inside. Wedding does not predict a successful marriage. The huge sums of money spent on the wedding just to raise the image of the rich family became waste. The embarrassment and the interpretation of the issues from the unexpected divorce were difficult to bear. Obviously, no responsible person would want to go through such embarrassment as a married couple. Parents, our parents have the responsibility. When we say parents, not just biological parents. We are talking about spiritual parents also. Sometimes they can be academic parents. Some of us went to school and some of the lecturers became like parent figures. Sometimes career parents. But most especially parents, biological parents, have the responsibility to raise their children into responsible people that can get married in future. But when there is the imbalance where the raising of a man, the raising of a woman is not balanced, where there is some of the challenges we see are broken homes, where there is a broken home, where the marriage is your parents, marriage is not working, you don't have a good example of a marriage. That can affect you as you are coming from that environment. That is why before you step into marriage, you must prepare yourself. You must prepare your mind. You must prepare your emotions. You must prepare your mind, your emotions, your spiritual life. You must be fit and ready for marriage. Are you here? 
Let me take my time. I'm, I'm just taking my time. I'm not rushing. You must be very fit. And you must know that you are not marrying for someone. If you enter into marriage because you are marrying to make your mother happy, to make your father happy. You know, the, the, the issue now is that many people are getting married, but many more people are divorcing. Young people, one year, two years, five years. Because most of the times, you enter into the marriage unprepared. Hmm. When we don't attend proper single summits, we want the, the, the summit with flamboyancy, like fun. <laughs> when they are talking, then the fun is here. But you see, until you know something, you can never, never do it. And knowledge must be what? Acquired. Wisdom is acquired. You cannot do impartation for knowledge. You impart yourself by looking for the wisdom. There is a way things are done. There's a way a marriage should run. The principle is the same. The way it will come may differ because every marriage is unique. But the principles, they run through the same. Are you here? Now, in our time, we see young people who are unprepared being pushed into marriage by their parents. A lot of people are pushed into marriage. You, you won't know, but they know that they have been pushed into the marriage. They were not ready, but certain factors around them, at home, in the society, pushes them into marriage. A few have worked, but a lot have failed. We must invest our time into things that we cherish. How many of us read healthy marriage books? How many books of marriage? Who has read five marriage books? Five? No. Five books on marriage? No. We have to invest into things that mean a lot to us. I'm a pastor. I preach. So I, the Bible means a lot to me. Christian materials mean a lot to me. So I keep buying them. If you want to marry, how many marriage, healthy, I mean healthy marriage materials, not um, materials on star, uh, if you are born in May, these are the type of women you should know. <laughs> I'm talking about healthy marriage materials. Healthy. Knowing the psyche of men. Knowing the psyche of a woman. Knowing what it entails to be married. 
But all we do is to fancy the wedding, the gown, the suit, the ring on our fingers, and the social status that I'm a married woman or I'm a married man. That is the focus of this generation. I'll come to that. The rate at which people are marrying is very nice, but it's becoming problematic when the rate of divorce is also high. It means that something is wrong. Somebody is not seeing well. People are not, in seeing we are not seeing, and in understanding we are not understanding. Our understanding of marriage, do you think you are going to marry a perfect person? You are not ready. You are not prepared for marriage. We have to prepare for marriage. When we say prepare, we are not saying, I'm not saying that we have to get perfect. No. I'm saying that you have to prepare your mind for marriage. Because marriage is not just a friendship. Marriage is a covenant. Marriage is not just an agreement. Marriage is a covenant. Marriage is not just a contract. Marriage is a covenant. It's a life of no return. Yes. It's a life of no return. If you add coconut oil, to palm nut oil. And you want to take away the coconut oil. Can you take it away? I'm talking to you. Yes. That is how marriage is. It's a life. It's like you add merenda to cook. And now they take the cook out of the mixer. To be difficult. Nearly impossible. Are you here? I hope the sound is okay. There are some factors that have pushed people into unprepared marriage. And it is Common in our time. Unprepared. One of the mistakes you should not do is to enter marriage unprepared. The sex drive, which is the strongest emotional force in man, has become one of the reasons why people want to marry early. And only they only marry and then they get to know that hey, say now marriage, you know, is not just about sex drive, it's bigger than I thought. So now the purpose of marriage, number one, a companion and a helper. To find a companion and a helper. Marriage is a divine institution created by God, formulated by God, ordained by God. And God meant it for companionship and for us to help each other 
So the husband needs the wife and the wife needs the husband. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 2 verse 18, he said, it is not good for a man to be alone. God said, I will make a helper suitable for him. I will make a helper. So the main purpose of marriage is for companionship. If your husband cannot be your best friend, then you cannot marry him. If the woman you want to marry as a wife cannot be your best friend, then you cannot marry her. Because the purpose, the main purpose for marriage is companionship and a helpmate. You need as a human being, we, we are social beings. Say we are social beings. Yeah, we are social beings. It's not possible for you not to talk to anybody in the day. You'll be sick. We are social beings. And most of the times, the issue of communication is based on trust. That's why you can easily get angry with somebody. I told you something. Why did you go and tell? Every one of us yearn for a partner who can be trusted. A friend who can be trusted. Your, your husband to be, your wife to be must earn that trust. Because if the person is going to be your companion, you should be free to talk with the person and not adding, don't go and tell somebody. <laughs> Anybody you are talking to and you have to add, this one, it is between you and I, please don't tell. That means that you don't trust the person. I mean, when you are praying to God, you tell him that he shouldn't go and tell anyone. No, you, you, are, you are confident that he's the Alpha and Omega. He's going to sort you out. So, the, your husband-to-be or your wife-to-be must eventually become your best friend. You, you should not have somebody who is your best friend before your spouse. You have challenges in your marriage. Am I teaching you? You need a partner you must call your best friend. A partner you can call your best friend. You need a partner that you can chat with on any level and not be afraid and not be shaken. You don't need a partner who is just looking beautiful. It's not, you don't marry because of beauty. You marry purposely for companionship, genuine companionship. And genuine help. Genesis chapter 2 verse 24. So a man is going to leave his father and his mother. And be joined to another woman. For you to leave your father and mother. That is a very trusted zone. You must move to another trusted zone. Are you here? You cannot marry any man or woman you don't trust. Get it and get it well. Don't marry a man you don't trust. And don't marry a woman you don't trust. 
Because the first purpose of marriage is for companionship. And the person must become a help. If somebody you don't trust is helping you, you cannot receive the help. Because if you are thirsty and I'm giving you water and you don't trust me, you won't drink it. Are you here? Don't take this part for granted. It's the basic. So, I want to marry, 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 I want to Who are you going to marry? The first thing is that that person should become your best friend. If that man, you can't see that man to become your best friend, if that woman cannot, then the, the first question mark comes. Companionship. Two are better than one. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him. Also, if two lie down together, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 to 11. If two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? So the purpose of marriage is for companionship. Number two, it's for sexual union and reproduction. So the best place to have children is in marriage. So that the children can be raised well. That is why we don't encourage you going to bring us children outside of marriage. Yes, when you get pregnant, yes, we will name the child because the child is innocent. But the proper place children deserve to be raised is within the marriage content. Is within the marriage content. So after companionship, the main purpose for marriage is the sexual union and children reproduction. So the best place God ordained children to be raised is within the marriage. It's a bad practice. For some cultures, it has become common. For single women to have children, for, it's normal. For some families, it's normal for you to have children outside your marriage. And they are not married and blah, blah, blah. But when you become born, I'm talking about a Christian marriage. So for you to have children, you must have children within the marital circle. So that the children can be raised properly in the Christian home, in the environment God has made for them. God told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. Therefore, the children we bear are as a result of our sexual union are a blessing from God. So within the marriage, God blesses the couple with children. So you must have children within the circle of marriage. For some of you, your family, people easily go and bring children outside. But you have been called out, Ecclesia. Remember that sermon. You have been called out to be unique and begin to charter another path in that family. So your children 
must be birthed in your marriage circle. It's an error. Yes, some have worked in that with mistakes, but that doesn't make it right. The correct way, the God-ordained framework is that children must be born within the marriage system. Now, Psalm 1, 2, 3, verse 1, 2, 7, verse 3. Psalm 1, 2, 7, verse 3. Sons are heritage from the Lord, children a reward from him. Sons are heritage from the Lord. So he said, look, children are, are, are an heritage from the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. So God will bless your marriage with children for you to be able to raise them. He will bless your marriage. And it's a reward for your sexual union. It is not compulsory to marry. Write it down. It is not compulsory to marry. <laughs> Pastor, tell somebody it's not compulsory to marry. Oh, tell the person it's not compulsory to marry. Okay. You have the right to marry or remain single. And it doesn't make you odd. You have the right to marry or to remain single. Some people vow to live a life of celibacy because of the work of God. I think our brothers, the Roman fathers, they vow. And there are some people too, they are born. Let's go to Matthew chapter 19 verse 12. Matthew chapter 19 verse 12. Matthew chapter 19 verse 12. He said, for there are some Enoch's which were so born from their mother's womb. And there are some Enoch's which were made Enoch's. Give me the NLT, please. Some are born as Enoch's. Some have been made Enoch's by themselves. So an Enoch is someone who is like, who is dead to himself. Some are castrated. Some are intentionally trained themselves not to respond to their sexual demands. Are you following me? So some are literally castrated. Some are born like that. And some too made themselves like that. So it is not compulsory for you to marry. Are you following me? So others do not marry for personal reasons. When you ask them, you see somebody is growing, you ask the person, he's 45, oh, I'm okay, I'm okay. For personal reasons. And that doesn't mean that other aspects of your life will fail. The fact that you don't marry doesn't mean that the other aspect of your life should fail. And that is unfortunately what we are seeing in our time. It is as if, if the person does not marry, the person is a failure. That is what has been put in our minds. You are, the person is academically doing well. The person is professionally doing well. The person is financially doing well. But 
as long as the person is not married, the society makes the person feel that the person has not succeeded. May you not walk in that ignorance. In the name of Jesus. So you see, every time you come to God, instead of praying for more other things, every day, my marriage, my marriage, as if said, if the marriage comes, it's a panacea. A panacea is a universal solution to problems. But marriage is not a solution to anything apart from companionship and sexual union and raising of children. There are thousand and one problems that marriage cannot solve. Instead of you seeing Christ as your solution maker, you are seeing marriage as your solution maker. It's an error. Okay. So what about the unmarried or the single parents or widows and widowers? Can they marry? Can the widow marry again? Can the widower marry again? Let me help you. Paul makes it clear in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9. Softer version. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9. He said, but you must be careful so that your freedom does not cause others with a weaker conscience to stumble. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 8 and 9. Sorry. So I say to those who aren't married and to widows, it's better to stay unmarried. One day when you meet Paul, you ask him. He will tell you why. Paul is saying that if you are not married, then it's better to remain. Then the widows, stay like that. <laughs> Just as I am. Not me, oh, Paul. <laughs> they are married. So Paul said that if you are a widow, don't marry. If you are not married, don't marry. It's better for you not to marry, oh. Be like me. Let's go to the next verse. Then he said, but if they can't control themselves, they should go ahead and marry. So a widow in the Christian context can remarry. If a culture somewhere does not allow, but in Christianity, a widow can remarry. So go ahead and marry. It's better to marry than to burn with lust. So if you're a single mother, if you're a widow, and you want to marry, you are allowed in church and in the kingdom to remarry. Can I hear a big amen? A man does, does well not to marry. That's what Paul is saying. So it's better not to marry. Because if you think about it, it's like, you are sitting here somewhere and then you're going to carry somebody else's life to add to your life. <laughs> that means you have to now have the capacity to manage two lives that are not identical. So Paul says that, hey, Jack, you don't know. The way you're outside praying, hey, I take my wife. I receive my wife. I jump and hug my wife. Paul says that, Jack, it is better not to marry. But if you will be burning with lust, then it's better you marry. Avoid immorality. Any other sin a man commits 
does not affect his body, but the man who is guilty of sexual immorality sins against his own body. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. Now, marriage involves responsibilities. Marriage involves responsibilities. Marriage is not only a quench of our sexual desires. It involves responsibilities emotionally, physically, and financially. Emotional responsibility. You must have the capacity to sort out your partner's emotional um, emotional issues. Financial responsibility. You don't marry and keep looking at your face every morning. I love you, I love you, I love you. Your marriage will break. Because the marriage comes with responsibilities. That is why boys don't marry, girls don't marry, men and women marry. If you are not prepared, don't rush into marriage. If you decide to marry a person, you must be willing to share your life and your property with him or her. You cannot be selfish in marriage. Next time, I think next week, I'll deal with choosing a married partner. I'm giving you a good background before I shoot into choosing. You cannot be selfish in marriage. You cannot be irresponsible in marriage and think that the marriage will work. Marriage comes with responsibility. And I'm teaching this because of the weddings that have started or this year already three is going. March, we have one. April, we have three. So it means that there is a flow of a river flowing in the church. And people must have a certain wisdom to know that not just, you don't go to the station and you see people boarding the bus, then you to challenge. You enter. Where are you going? <laughs> you go to Odoko, Odoko, Odoko station. There are different cars there. Malam, Kwashima, Sprinters, Ashama, Madina, La Paz. Then you see that there's a, because there's a nice bus and everybody is pushing, you, to, you go and enter. Where are you going? Marriage is a bus. It's not an end. It's a bus that goes to a destination. Some people's breakthrough in life is in marriage. Some people's favor doors in life is in marriage. Some people's destiny changer is their spouse. You. Because everybody's married. Then you two, Charlie, you enter. Where are you going? So I'm trying to help you to have a certain mind to help you conclude on your decisions on who you because who you are marrying is very important. As for marital problem, it's not the problem. It will come. Whether you marry an angel, problems will come. You will have the problems, you call them, it's better you call them challenges. It will come. But the parties involved in the conflict resolution makes a very big difference. Are you here? 
I know, I know a lot of people like fancy single summit, then this is that. Good, good. They don't listen to anything. But I pray that what I'm teaching you will help you make a quality decision. Amen. When you are going to marry, you must control your expectations. You must control your expectations. There are people you see walking about. Your, your mind about them. Some of you see some people and you think that, hey, this guy, there no get problem. This lady, no get problem. Every human being has liabilities and assets. Every human being has liabilities and assets. Every human being has strength and weakness. Every human being has glory and shame. That is why, for example, you have hair at different locations. But you don't show all of them. You show only one. That is this one. The other ones are covered. Did, did you understand that? We all have hair in different locations. But which one do I see now? This one. But that is not the only hair. Every human being has liabilities. And assets. Benefits. And disadvantages. So if you are sitting there thinking, and, and it's so sad that Christians are so tribalistic that I just don't understand. I don't know where that thing began from. And I'm wondering how many of us will go to heaven with that mind. Maybe I mean I can't into me worry I Maybe I don't marry a guy. You are not a Christian. You are yet to be born again. If Jesus said he was a Jewish person, he doesn't want to marry because Jesus has gotten married to us. He doesn't want to marry an African or a Ghanaian. What is it about you that Jesus will come and marry you? The Bible said that whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see believers. 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 It's like, hey, wait, I, I, don't want, I don't want this kind of people in my bloodline. Believers. Sometimes tongue talking. Then the ones that they want, they give their daughters to them and they beat them up. But I'm praying that as the years go on, and Christ has full expression in us. We will go beyond that, that tribal, tribalistic mode of choosing married partners. It's so sad. Tribalistic. And it's in the church. Very strong. Very, very strong. You can see a brother and say, so I have this sister I want to introduce you. The first question you will find out. Or you hear me? Hmm. Hmm. 
other reasons why people marry for emotional and financial reasons. These are dangerous reasons why people, you shouldn't marry for these things. If you are looking for somebody who will emotionally help you, you miss out. And, 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 and for information, let me just pass this. If you break up in your relationship, don't jump into another one quickly. Heal. Heal yourself. Don't jump into another one to hit back. Eh? One man's meat is another man's poison. I'm going to show him that I'm still valuable. So you break up, you jump into another one. That is dangerous. You are not healed. You are not healed. You are going to complicate. You are going to get your soul infected. That is why when you get a wound, they treat it and they cover it, they dress it because they don't want it to get infected. So when you break up, find time to heal. It's possible for you to heal and come back strong. And you come back as though you never got wounded. But if you never get wounded, and how do you heal yourself? I'm not teaching about that, but you need to be open to somebody you can trust who can help you. You talk, you talk, you talk. You just go and express yourself. Be real. And then you begin to listen to the counsel. It can take a while. It's a process. But when you are healed, then you can see well have the right motive, have the right perspective to take the next step. But if you don't get healed, how do I know that you are not healed? When you are there, you remember the person and you chuckle. And you do, then you, you, you wish a bad thing for the person. You are not healed. <laughs> that guy. God punish, God punish him. No woman will love him like the way I love you. You are lying. You get some. No woman will, will love this man. You. No woman will love you more than I've loved you. That means you have not forgiven the person. So some women and men marry because they want emotional and financial security. Others marry because they want partners to take care of their sexual and material needs. Forgetting that they are also partners in the marriage. So when you have that mind, you are looking for someone to supply this. When you enter and you realize that you too, you have to supply, then you see that you entered unprepared. What are you entering the marriage with? What are you bringing on board? You are going to take. What are you bringing on board? Are you hunting? Marriage, you don't hunt for a partner. There are some brothers eh? They hunt for rich, rich people's daughters. And there are some daughters, sisters today hunt for rich sons, rich people's sons. So you see that the man from a very rich home will have plenty options. And you fire all of them. <laughs> fire this, fire this, fire this, fire this, fire this. Then they are all waiting. All of them are waiting for the, I'll marry you, Ed. Then you bypass all of them and go and bring somebody. But all of them, they know they are in the same suit, so nobody can talk. Hmm. 
have a preparation if you want to marry. Age does not make you a marriable material. Age. It does not. Age does not. What's one warrior? What did they look at? Your age. Normally, that's what. If, if somebody says, hey, What's one warrior? They are looking at your age. In the. Hey, who missed it? It's normally the age. But that is what has led us into all these problems. The fact that I'm 35 doesn't mean that I'm as rushed to marry. Who am I going to marry? Am I ready myself? Somebody can be 38, eh? and somebody who is 26 is more prepared than somebody who is 38. Are you here with me? Listen to this statement. Never read my lips. Never marry out of necessity and sympathy. Never write it with capitals. Say, I will write it. I will never marry out of necessity or out of sympathy. Never marry out of necessity and out of sympathy. Never. Don't marry out of sympathy. Because sympathy doesn't last forever. In case you get pregnant for a man, don't be compelled to marry the person. It's one of the mistakes many have done. Secretly, they get pregnant and they marry. But later, they realize that the fact that you had an affair with someone doesn't mean that you love the person to marry the person. Are you here? The fact that you, you had something to do with someone doesn't mean that you have that love. That love. I'm not talking about does love and lust. So if you get pregnant for someone, don't be compelled. Don't marry out of necessity and don't marry out of sympathy. These are little, little interjections we have overlooked over the time that is costing a lot of marriages. Yes. Another reason that people marry is domestic reasons. Domestic reasons. Some men do not do not know how to wash or cook, so they want to marry a wife to come and wash and cook for them. <laughs> They don't know how to boil water. Even water, they will burn the water. They don't know how to cook. So if I get a wife, hey, Jack, we have moved. We've gone beyond that. Most of the wives now earn almost equal to their husbands. And sometimes even earn more. How would they earn when they are sitting at home? All they are doing is cooking and washing. Cooking and washing your things. They are things. The children, we have crossed that path. If you wanted a wife like that, you should have born when you should have been born during your grandfather's time. 
But you coming in this time, Facebook time, Google time, YouTube time, and you want your wife to be under a patasse and be cooking, hey, it's a big mistake. It's a big mistake. They are businesses that they come to your house and cook for the week for you. They go and shop, cook, put it there. Laundry is there. Cleaning, cleaning companies. You give them contract. Hey, you're a big man. Pay, let them come. So if you are going to marry because you want a wife to wash your things for you, hey, Jack, you are out of race. And some of you ladies, that is what you think that you'll be doing for your boyfriend for him to be convinced. When you're a girlfriend, you are behaving like a wife. You are cooking, you've taken menu, menu. Menu. As a girlfriend, you have menu. There you go. This weekend, I'm come to cook. My, I'll cook your favorite for you, okay? I'll cook your favorite for you, okay? Palm nut soup and uh, mushroom and I'll cook it for you. Next week when I come, what do you like? And I have a Oh, I can't. And you, beloved, you have become a wife. <laughs> you are taking menu. <laughs> you are taking menu. So you are going to marry for domestic reason. It doesn't work. Because very soon after marriage, you realize that it's not domestic thing cry about marriage. Please, are you being blessed? Are you being blessed? Now, let me give you a story. Let me give you a story. A young man, a young woman, no. So, Kwesi, there's a, a man called Kwesi. He was involved in this scenario, okay? And then a young, he was looking for a job. He lost his job and uh, he was looking for a job in the church, not this church. It's a story. A young woman who is a church member who saw the plight of this man quickly went to express her concern for him. Maybe this, you know, there are some brothers in the church who are hustling. So maybe there's this lady who works in UB Bank, UBA Bank. She get cash, but she no marry. She saw this brother and then went in as a concern. And she started sending him free meals and uh, he gave him pocket money, gives him pocket money frequently and blah, blah, blah. What will happen to the guy? The guy will now be compelled and the woman proposed to him. That bro, now the free meals I've been giving to you, you know, it's not like I don't know what to do. I have an agenda. I want you to be my husband. So the brother out of gratitude married the lady. It wasn't long. The marriage did not work. You can't force an irresponsible person to become a responsible spouse. You can't. Some, it works. But you see, we always want to do like, oh, pastor, but. That's what you, we always do when it comes to marriage. You talk, uh, you talk, oh, but, but pastor, you see, there can be exemptions. This one is different. This one is different. 
my, my guy is not like that. I've known him for all. I mean, he's not like, hey, go ahead. <laughs> he's not like that. Okay, we are here. Always be safe. Find yourself in the dumbbell. For every scenario, we have the dumbbell and we have the extremes. To be safe, be in the dumbbell. What worked yesterday, tested under the sun, will sure work with a little effort. Amen. Amen. The next wrong reason is marrying to please your loved ones. Marrying to please your, your loved one. Never marry to please your loved one. Especially your parents. If it will please them and it is in the will of God, why not? But don't have an agenda to, to make my mother happy, to make my father happy. Let me just marry. It's a wrong move. It will bump. Some people marry People, no, so now we have these scenarios where somebody can recommend. So I see Abigail just roaming, 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 doesn't know what to do. Then I see Brother K. I say, the two of you, if I don't come in, you people will just be roaming. So start big. I think Brother K is a good guy. I want you to marry him. So the word can come like that that marry him. So, if the West comes strong like that, you may be compelled. Eh, na pastor na kau, eh na eh me mamio, eh na me uncle na owo German no. I mean, the uncle I respect so much. He connected us, but you look at the equation, eh? You don't like, but because of fairyanty, you go ahead and get married. Listen to me. After the wedding day. Nobody will mind the two of you. Nobody. So, recommendation, some people have married based on recommendation, it has worked. But when they recommend, if somebody recommends somebody to you, eh, don't look at the person's face to accept what has been given to you until you have tried and tested and you are convinced. Don't marry just because of recommendation. Be convinced that what is being given to you, you are prepared to go life journey with the person. Are you with me? Are you with me? Because you must know that marriage comes with... Let me move fast to some of the challenges that unmarried people face. Some of the challenges that unmarried people face. Number one, trusting God to the end. Trusting God to the end. Trusting God to the end. One of the popular questions that unmarried people, especially the ladies that cross 30 years, <laughs> when they cross 30 years, eh, then this is some of the questions they ask. The main question they ask is, is God faithful? God, is he faithful to keep his promise? Especially when you have you are convinced that you have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for marriage. 
when you cross 30 years and you are not careful, you will lose your trust for God concerning marriage. It's a challenge depending on God until the promise is fulfilled concerning your marital breakthrough. One of the challenges for the unmarried is how to remain in trust for God. So sometimes, okay, so there was a story where a single mother walked to the pastor and said, Pastor, I've given God one year. I've been praying for marriage. If it doesn't show up, I'll advise myself. Then the pastor said, do your worst. <laughs> you can't threaten God. Who are you? You can't threaten God. You can't give God an ultimatum. If you don't let me marry this year, I'll show you. show who? God. But fortunately for the woman, in three months after this encounter, a young man approached her proposed to her. She had two children. Already, the man still married her. Trusting God in this time to receive your marital breakthrough is very important. Else you see believers trading their stand to become second wives and third wives. Yeah. Getting married for a big business tycoon. And they buy you a house in Trasaco or Polonia or a corner in somewhere. So you'll be looking for the person. You will never see them again. One day you meet them and they have three children. They're like, hey, where have you been? I've been to London to see the queen. <laughs> Depend on God. Wait on him. Trust him. That at the right time, there is... Uh, uh, there's something I do every two years or so. So we'll do it this year. Hey! Don't let your parents put you under undue pressure to marry. Don't. When you are ready to marry, marry. Because when they push you in, they will not be in that marriage with you. When you are pushed, you can make the biggest mistake. Haven't you realized the mistakes you make when you are rushing to do something? Don't come under parental pressure to marry. <coughs> Jesus. When you're, if you're a junior sister, or if you're a senior sister, and you are not married. Your junior sisters can come and say, hey, master, you are not worried. You are not worried. Go and let's go. You are not going. But I know people who married and there are two elder sisters, oh, it's two elder brothers haven't married. But they are married. Are you here? So don't, don't, don't allow. You see, that is what we've done and marriages are breaking. Marriages are suffering. Because we have allowed all these things. And when we are talking, you don't listen. It's like, oh, Pastor, Pastor, I mean, so yeah, going through. We want it fast. And let's go meet our marriage. No. It's not about the wedding. It's about the marriage. 
It's not about the reception. I've there. It's not even wedding. It's the reception. It's the reception. So the church one day, they don't pay attention. Pastor, I mean, that is the main. But no, it's not, it's, it's not the reception, please. The next challenge that singles go through is loneliness. 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 Some ladies can be so lonely that they cannot even eat. <laughs> Pastor, I feel lonely. <laughs> loneliness. Learn to master loneliness. Because it's a way of life for champions. Eagles fly alone. When you become a managing director of your company, you cannot be working a lot of time with people. You see that they are always in the office. Have you ever gone to your MD's office and see plenty of people there before? Or to hold reduce writing? Yeah. Greatness is better in loneliness. So learn to manage it and let it go for your benefit. Are you here? Learn to manage loneliness and let it go for your benefit. Don't allow loneliness to go against you. Social pressure. Social pressure. It connects to the other one. So social pressure is outside your family pressure. Social pressure is not peer pressure. Social pressure is societal pressure. So you work at a place, everybody is getting married, and you are not getting married. Age is catching up, and you are not getting married. Then people start asking you, when are we? When are the wedding bells ringing? And the worst of it is if you like becoming a maid of honor. What the old they were bumu PhD, maid of honor, maid of honor, maid of honor. Yeah, two flowers now, no watch. Yeah, two flowers now, no watch. Watch it, sir. When you catch the flower, somebody must catch you. By you. When you jump very high, catch it. Every day you are catching, you are blocking people's chance. Are you here? Then sexual temptations. These are the challenges of the unmarried. Many young people who fall in love always want to end up having sex. One of the dangerous things for you to do is to have sex in your relationship before you marry. Sex in your relationship will cloud your judgment because sex is sweet. You can't think straight again. Number two, sex, when you have sex in your relationship, you can easily lose the relationship. If you don't lose it physically, you will lose it emotionally. Test it, try it, and bring me the report. And some of you have tested and tried, so as I've said it, you say, Pastor, it's true. What you are not supposed to enjoy, if you enjoy it before that time, you will miss out on the main. Now, if you engage in sexual activity when you are dating or courting, 
you never develop the friendship between the two of you. Did you understand? I'll, I'll come again. The time you should use to know each other, to study each other. fire. Because you are young, you have energy. So four rounds before we start talking. So you fire, you take food drink, you just smoke, you fire, you take food drink, energy drink, you fire. So by the time you are resting to chat, it's about 3.30 to 4. I have to go, I have to go, traffic. Okay, let me see you off. So you never spent quality time to know each other. That is why most of those relationships, when they marry, either they divorce or the woman is the one that suffers because the man will be going rampaging because when the two of you should be sacred, you were breaking your trust. That is your challenge. Think about it. Because of time, I'll go to some some causes of disappointment. Some of you have who who has had broken heart before? Let me see. Broken heart. Oh, lift your right hand. Be free. Those who will not lift their hands, cry. They are the ones we even suspect most. Broken heart. Lift it, lift it, lift it. Let's go. Be honest. You are in the house of God. Oh. I am waiting. Lift it above your head. I'm doing statistics in my head. Don't lift it in your heart. Lift it. One. Two. Who else? Three. Oh. Three. You see, you are not honest. You are not being honest. <laughs> You people, some, there's somebody here, they've broken your heart. The, the person who just broke your heart, of Ashanti region. And I mean, Shanko, where is the organist? I mean, Ramununku. Are you here? So now, why did you face disappointment? I'll, I'll teach for 15 minutes more. Then uh, I have some wedding rehearsals to do. As for them, they are going to get married. So what I'm saying, Christ, is not far for them. We just passing their ears. Pastor, and them near as We too, we are yet to marry. So the first one is a rush in love proposal. You spent less time to study each other. You spent less time to study each other. You are in a hurry to grab. So, a rush in love proposal. So, everything they, eh, God told me to marry you. I feel led to propose to you. No, if you rush in love proposal, you are likely to make a mistake. Steady each other. Build the friendship. Build the friendship. The other time I heard a man of God say, don't marry somebody because he, goes to, he comes to church or he goes to church. A church member does not necessarily make a good husband or a good wife. 
So don't rush in your proposal. Don't be like as if says one cochino be better. No. If you know that you have been destined for glory, every Christian has been destined for glory. So God knows who you should marry. So instead of rushing to propose, why don't you spend time to pray and seek the mind of God? And when you seek the mind of God, he will show you. You may not see a vision or you may not hear, I broke my daughter, my daughter, my daughter. You won't hear that. But you have the inner witness, which is what is called the inner peace. You have peace when you are taking the decision. Oh, pastor, how will I know that God? That's what I'm showing you. Inner witness. You are are at peace with the decision. Then you know that God is inside. So instead of rushing for proposal, take your time to pray. Even time is a revealer. Time is a revealer. To allow time. Because the more time you have, the more space you have to observe. And the more opportunity you have to hear other options. Sometimes, some impulsive young men may not be aware of the harm they do to these precious women they take through disappointment. They are some of the guys, they just love to break people's hearts. They use the dump. They, if you're a Christian brother, don't do that. And those Christian brothers will be around ladies. They will be around them for years. They are, they will not propose. They are, they will not live. Then they waste the ladies' time. Because ladies have a flower age. So if you are not interested in the lady, what are you, see Christian brother, what are you doing around the lady? You are there, talk, you won't talk. Leave and let somebody come and talk. You are there. Konongo Kaya. You won't talk. You are just wasting the lady's time. And they can be very spiritual people. They are just wasting the lady's time. Unduly. Because if you are a lady and you are always around a guy, listen to me, it will be assumed that people have something to do. So your potential, people that are even interested, they will stay back. So you have to be wise. And no. And the brothers, when the sister is getting close to you, if you are dating, let the person know, hey, Abigail, Angela, the way Angela, the way you are coming close, oh. then you start talking about your beloved. Hey, so, oh, yeah, you, you look like my beloved's friend. The first day you say, the person will look at you some way. Oh, my bolos. But you'd have communicated something that you have a bit. Then the person will know that, hey, I shouldn't try to get too addicted. I will spoil my chance. So don't, don't get too close to an opposite sex. And there's nothing going on between the two of you. You spoil your chance. Can I hear a big amen? Can I hear a big amen? 
Let me read this. A woman's love for a man is often deeper than what the man may imagine. Her love takes time to develop. Her whole personality, body, soul, and spirit are involved. Therefore, if the young man changes his mind on her, it is emotionally difficult for her to bear. That is why women have broken hearts more than men. So men, young Christians, don't become a man who goes around breaking the sister's heart. Because before a woman, that's why when you propose to a woman, it's not immediate. The one you receive immediate, normally immediately takes you to bed. But most of the times, when you propose to a woman, she asks for time. It takes time for them to incubate the word and think about it and consider. And when they are coming, they are coming with their soul, body, spirit, everything. So when you break a woman's heart, it's not a joke. Because women are quite often or generally emotional beings. And men are taught to be. But there are some men who are more emotional than women. More, more weak cry. There are men that when they break their, they've broken their heart and they are crying. They can't get up from bed. Remember there was one in the university. <laughs> So, be careful what you do to the sisters. Tell somebody, be careful what you do to the sisters. Yeah, because a broken heart can destroy. Some people have gone mad out of broken heart. Some people too decided that because a man broke their heart, they are also going to break men. They are going to be... Why will you be the reason for somebody to be destroyed? The second thing I want to talk about why you get disappointed is that your quest for change of social status. You do want to be missus. So, desperation. Don't be desperate. Don't come under desperation. Don't tintina, tintina. You want to wear a ring. So now, it, you, you go beyond I'm considering. You go beyond this is not what I want. You go beyond, I'm going to seek the face of God. Just, okay, my man, worry. I'll survive. You, you let me marry, I'll survive. You realize that you enter. You have no idea the stories in marriage. If you don't marry well. Maybe next week I'll go into choosing. It's next week I'll go choosing your married partner. What you should look out for. You should look at the environment. Who surround them? Who are their friends? Their ideology. Where are they going? Which direction? How does the person perceive life? You have to know all that. Don't just look at the body. The body is nothing. The body will change. I know slim people, when they give birth, they have become fat for life. So if you, you are going me, my wife must be slim, like Queen of England, like Lady Diana. So you are looking for a tia donko, whatever. The slim person. Slim, he will change. If you are not fortunate. 
Me, my own, is still like that. But it's, the formula is not like that. I know slim people. So if it's the container you are always looking at, you'll be in trouble. The content. So don't rush because you want to change your story. You no, know, in Ghana, most of the times when people are not married, they, people look at them some way. So in the quest of you two entering into that class, if you don't take care, you make a decision that will go against the correct choice. Are you here? Am I helping you? Yeah. The last one. Okay, let me hit something at the social status. So, I want to marry a rich man. You are also motivated by social status. I don't want to marry the be the be a baby. So the guy just got a job, his first job. Ah, me, I don't want to struggle in life. Oh. God didn't create a woman to be tired. We need to go uncle. But how did a rich man become rich? You want Abenwaha. So your, 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 your motive is very wrong. So you don't look at some people. I'm looking at somebody. You two. Move, move. We are looking at somebody. Social status. It can lead you into a wrong marriage. Are you here? So if the person is coming from outside, they don't cry kumono. Oh, outside. I don't know what is there. But unless the sisters don't hear it outside, UK, US, whether the person, there was a marriage, eh? the lady got married to somebody like that. Beatings. Don't be motivated with social class. To marry. Because you're not marrying. If you want to please people, you marry and never enjoy your marriage. You are marrying your best friend. So somebody you cannot call a best friend should not become your spouse. That should be your basic drive, your companion, your best friend. And the man and woman were naked and they were not ashamed. That is the basic. So if you are looking at social status, sometimes your path will cross. Rebecca didn't know that Eliezer was coming from a rich man's home. But when she saw the camels, she was humble enough to give the man and give the camel. Don't wait. Don't be looking for social class. Me too. I want to marry a medical doctor. I want to marry a bank manager. The bank manager was once a bank teller. Are you okay? The bank manager was once a teller in the bank. 
I'm a principal officer. I wasn't an I was I, I wasn't a principal officer 15 years ago. I was just an officer. They moved from an officer to senior to principal. So maybe next week we'll look at choosing a marriage partner. It's beyond social class. The last one, the love for money. The love for money. The love for money. The love of money. A man may fall into a relationship, a relationship because of financial gain he may get from the woman. When the woman senses that the man loves her because of her money, the relationship may end or may never be sweet again. The love of money. Don't let money drive you to make a choice in marriage. Because money can fly. Look, so if you say, okay, I want to marry a bank manager. I want to marry somebody who works in the bank. You know some people work in the bank and they pay them 550 Ghana CD. You will not believe it, but it's true. Some of them just go and wear their tie and be roaming. They are looking for clients. And they are paid on commission. <laughs> so if you say you wanted, okay, all those who were working in the banks that collapsed. Do you know some of them are Uber drivers now? Some of them are into kebab business now. So if your mind is, I want to marry a banker. Hey! And there are some women like that. They, I want to marry a banker. And God may send other people. Maybe God will send a pastor. <laughs> me, I don't want anybody to insult me. Oh, pastor. There are a lot of Christian sisters. They don't want to marry pastors. So now the pastors come as professionals. He's a pastor, but he's, a, a, he's an electrical engineer. So you come and say he's an electrical engineer. When you marry him, then you see that he's a pastor. Because if he tells you that he's a pastor, Angela, the way you've done your face, you will not marry him. Don't be driven by love of money. Money makes good sense in marriage. But don't let it be the premium upon which you made the decision. There are people who don't have money today. They'll have money tomorrow. If the vision is right, the heart is right, the purpose is right, the fellowship with God is right, the relationship with God is right, God will make sure that the person doesn't go hungry. David said that I've been young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous beg for bread. Forsaking or not his children beg for bread. So God must always be in the picture. Don't drive your marital choice based on love of money. Take this advice, it will help you. Don't make a decision. Don't, don't make that mistake. Don't make that mistake. Some of you, when you see that guy is driving carpet, then your eyes. Black, 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 black. 
it's, it's like all of a sudden your senses are just, it's like you've forgotten everything. Please, let's be wise like Rebecca. Let's be wise like Rebecca. And the men, don't rush into marriage when you are not ready. You don't have a stable income. You are going to marry. What are you going to marry? How are you going to survive? A student, you are going to marry. So your father should be giving you job money to give to your wife. Close your eyes and let's pray. Pray for wisdom. 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 That you will not make decisions in your own understanding. But in all your ways, you will acknowledge him and he will direct your path. It's a major project in your life to marry the right person. It's a major project in your life to marry the right person. And may the Lord lead you. May the Lord make you wiser than your enemy. May the Lord give you the spirit to discern and understand the times and the seasons. May the Lord give you the eye to locate. And may the Lord help you not to be deceived. Kadala Mahadozegedeya. May the Lord deliver somebody from deception that they will find genuine love in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. May the Lord deliver someone from deception that you will locate true love. In Jesus' name. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering. No income. Less than 4,000. As a couple. Now. Petro is up. ECG will be up tomorrow. COVID impact. Rent. So if you want to marry. This is a free apartment. To be a bit comfortable. Have a combo income. A combo income means the two of you. When you put your money together. It shouldn't be less than 4,000. Then you can survive. Not live Survive. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a clap again. The message you just listened to is from ICGC Karis Temple. To connect with us, you can like our page on Facebook at ICGC Karis Temple or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ICGC Karis. We would like to hear of how God is blessing you through this podcast. To support this podcast, please click on the profile button and click on support. Thank you and God richly bless you.